Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the news. It's very small, but it does a whole lot. Oh, my God. What did I just do? And now, Handle on the News. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Bill Handel. And uh, good morning, everybody. Bill Handel here. It is a Wednesday morning, February 15th already. Uh, what do we celebrate on uh, February 15th? I have no idea. National Singles Awareness Day. Uh, if you're single, you're aware. I, you're aware that you're single because you're not aware that you're single uh, yesterday and tomorrow? Day, apparently. It's also National Gumdrop Day. Gumdrop Day. National I Want Butterscotch Day. Not just National Butterscotch Day. It's National I Want Butterscotch right. Day. And it's also National Wisconsin Day. Woo! Now, that's interesting. It's National Wisconsin Day. It's not Wisconsin's Wisconsin Day. Nope. Very strange. Oh, you know how that works when they do the national... Um, I once had a client, just a quick uh, aside, I once had a client uh, that um, came up with uh, it's national whatever it was day. And I said, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I came back and I go, really, where did that came from? Where did that come from? He goes, well, we kind of made it up. And so... Uh, you can actually have a an official national day. Yes. What ends up happening is a member of Congress has to introduce uh, the motion to make something a national day, and then Congress votes on it, and that's on the consent calendar. You know, they throw more crap on the consent calendar, and they go, everybody say aye, aye, and you're done. And there isn't a whole lot of discussion or debate about National Wisconsin Day. <laughs> All right, guys, a uh, quick hello. Uh, Wayne, you were about to say something. Oh, I was going to repurpose uh, a joke that you like to tell. Uh, do you know what they call Wisconsin Day in Wisconsin? Day. Day. That's like what they call. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's correct. You know, what do they call Chinese food in China? Food. food. That is correct. All right. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Handel. And Wayne, good morning. Good morning. It's National uh, Listen to the Morning Show Day, uh, is which it is every Monday through Friday. Okay, and let me say a quick hello to Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Morning, Tyler. Bill. Hey, good, good morning, morning one. Good morning, all. All right, uh, Diane Feinstein announced that she will uh, not run, and we're certainly going to talk about that because that happens to be time for handle on the news. Jennifer Wayne and me, and that's our lead story. Senator Diane Feinstein has said uh, she is done. Eighty-nine years old. She is not running again uh, at a press conference. Uh, she was asked about it, and she responded with, uh, who is Diane Feinstein? She has some short-term memory oh, issues. Candle. What? Oh, come on. There was a piece, I don't know if you guys saw it in the LA Times last night, but it was something like, Diane Feinstein, let's remember her the way it was. And I was reading it online, and it was... All these pictures, though, of her young and, you know, when she first was in and it, it was just funny. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like where where 
it's one of those, it almost feels like, you know, she passed away or something like that. Well, the way that they're like, let's remember her the way she well, was in back reality, then. In reality, there's some validity to that. I made a joke, of course, about her cognitive abilities, which uh, those around her say there's, there's an issue with her short-term memory loss, which, you know, she's 89 years old. Uh, and I think the argument is uh, that at some point you go beyond where you should uh, go, especially as a public servant. And is, if there is a public serve, uh, if you are a public servant and you have memory loss, that's a problem. Uh, and so uh, the argument was, you know, hey, maybe you should have packed it up last run uh, five years ago or four years ago. But you can't say no to a senator. I mean, the senator decides uh, or a congressperson decides or a legislator decides. I mean, they can be termed out. Not the in Congress. Decide. Yep. Not in Congress. Congress, there's no term. But in the end, when you have a Diane Feinstein who's been there forever, it's almost a lifetime appointment. Very, yeah. very difficult to get someone like this out. Yep. You know, it's like DAs, district attorneys. Uh, you know, uh, they stay for a very long time. You know, sheriffs, unless there's something crazy going on. Uh, you know, Peter Pitches, uh, L.A. Sheriff, was there for uh, what, 25 years. And uh, it's just, you know, no one bails out. Okay, let's uh, move on. All right, so I don't have to tell you, it's cold out there. Ugh. And uh, so these cold temperatures are going to stay with us now through Thursday. And did you guys get much wind? This morning. Oh, this morning you yeah. did. Okay. we Honestly, I didn't get a whole lot of wind. And usually where I am in the Inland Empire, it's like a wind tunnel. Oh, it was howling in Granada. Oh, see, okay, so you guys got it then. All right, so this side got it. But um, so the wind is supposed to be with us just kind of off and on. Yesterday should have been the bulk of it, though, which is good. Um, but here's one that I hadn't seen in a while. We have a dust advisory Ooh. issued through Riverside County, Coachella Valley and East Riverside County. Oh, it's either the Dust Bowl or a scene from Indiana Jones when that huge oh, yes. dust storm comes in. Yes. Also, I was talking to my uh, my best friend, Savo, who lives in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we were driving, he said, I'm driving in the snow. Yes. That does the not snow happen on very the strip. often. Yes. Those pictures were incredible. It was snowing as he was driving and we were on the phone. Yeah, it's wild. So weird weather, at yeah. least through Thursday. Um, Bill, I, I, I feel like my car might be a lemon. Okay. Yeah. He, what am I missing? Help? Well, do you have any you, advice for me? Do you have any lemon law lawyers who might be able to help? Uh, I don't understand. Don't we have? Uh, you have a sponsor, Bill. You have a sponsor. Oh, I was just trying to get you to let the people I do know have a that handle on the news is sponsored. I don't. I don't oh, have a, he no, doesn't have no, a sponsor. We don't have. We don't have a sponsor. Oh no! When did that? I think oh. it is. You know, they do it. They, it comes in cycles. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we didn't say. I guess. Who what? We were talking the night you talking about the night law group? Uh I'm they not do, talking they, about anybody. They do, they do a great job, but it's just that uh, the way it works is you buy campaigns and they end and then you negotiate another wow. campaign. That's how it works. So on behalf of the oh. night law group, thank you very much. <laughs> they, uh, the fortunes they, of radio yeah, they appreciate it. They are blowing right. as uh, erratically as the winds. All right, today. we're coming back. I'm so sorry. I no, was, it's okay. They love you. I thought you. I was helping, and all no. I did was ruin everything. You didn't ruin anything. Uh, well, the man who killed three Michigan State University students and uh, then himself might have had plans to attack some more schools in New Jersey. The authorities say they found a document or a note in his pocket 
that indicated a threat to two schools in Ewing Township, New Jersey, where he did have some local ties, even though he had not lived there for several years. And uh, of course, you, they talk about how mentally ill he was and he had mental problems. And just a quick note on the political uh, gun issue. Uh, the gun advocates uh, are no longer just talking about S Second Amendment rights. That's it. No matter what the position was, no matter how many people killed, Second Amendment rights. Now they've uh, morphed into uh, it's the mentally ill. That's the problem. That's sort of new for them. And we have to watch out for the mentally ill. That is the issue here. So uh, if we watch out for everybody who's mentally ill in this country and we do a good job of uh, following the mentally ill and making sure they don't kill people, our gun problems will uh, be over. Uh, so, okay. At what point, I, I wish if I were a gun advocate, I would simply say, hey, guys, hang it up. It's a cost of doing business. That's who we are. That's how we operate. Uh, now what? Let's move on to something important. How many In-N-Out burgers are going to be allowed in a given city? That is an issue. Not this crazy gun stuff. It's, uh, you know, that ship has sailed. Okay. So much you've for also, political statements. You've also got the angle of, you know, okay, mental health. What about gun criminals? In other words, at what at what point does someone who, who is convicted of a crime involving a gun lose permanently their ability to own or buy a gun because well, this guy, this guy had been convicted of possession of a loaded firearm in a vehicle and he was put on probation and he still, and then he got off of probation in May of 2021 and he was still able to buy two guns. Yeah, no one knows why. In Michigan. And I understand because he wasn't a felon. I get it. Yeah. I hear you. But what I'm saying is, it makes sense. What, what if we talked a little more about the things that should disqualify somebody. I understand from being completely. Able to buy a gun. And I agree with you. Anything helps. Any incremental move helps. But when you have 400 million guns out there, let me tell you, I, I you know, I don't own a gun. Uh, how easy is it for me to figure out how to get a gun? Uh, and I don't know the answer to that because you mean illegal. You're talking about right, on the black right, market? illegally. Yeah. How can you know? How hard is that? So the point Not is hard. Thank you. I rest my case. Okay. And I'm mentally ill. Uh, well, all right. Let's move on. There is a sad story and it's about a woman who's just 21 years old. She lived through Sandy Hook. She was, I think, 11 when uh, Sandy Hook happened at her school. She was in a building adjacent to the one where the 20 kids were killed. Now she goes to Michigan State University. And what happened? She gets an alert on her phone. She lives in an off-campus apartment with her roommates. But the minute that there was a shooter at Michigan State University, unfortunately, muscle memory, this young woman knew exactly what to do. Locked down her apartment, had the same reaction, because now she's lived through two yeah, that's school a tough, shootings. Yeah, that's a tough one. You can, she's, can you she's imagine? Gonna be in there. No. Yeah, the trauma. Yeah, the unsinkable Molly Brown, basically. I mean, yeah. I mean, just the, the PTSD, the, the I, whoa. Yeah. And there's, a, or, there's at least two other students, too, at Michigan State that who have were at Sandy already, Hook. Not, not at Sandy Hook, but at another school shooting in 2021. Are you surprised that it's only two? I'm, I'm sure but, there's more. Yeah, there has yeah. to be, yeah. Well, former Vice President Mike Pence, apparently, according to two people who say they, they know what he's thinking, is going to fight this subpoena 
from special counsel Jack Smith to come and testify about what he was thinking uh, with January 6th and uh, former President Trump's attempts to overturn the election. And he says he's going to fight it, that he should not be subpoenaed under the Constitution's speech and debate clause because in his role as president of the Senate, he is in the legislative branch right. of government. Now, is that interesting? Wow. That's not going to fly, by the way, uh, because he only votes in the uh, in, in, when there is a tie uh, in the Senate. That's for starters. Uh, and he does not sit on any committees. He is not part of the legislature. So uh, it and you've got the separation, uh, the checks and balances. That's like arguing the president uh, is somehow in Congress or a congressperson is somehow the president. Uh, it doesn't work that way. He's going to lose that argument. But well, he's hell, both. But it's a hell of an argument. It's a good argument. I'm not saying he should win, but right. I'm saying it's a clever. Oh, it's very clever argument. But look, he is part of the legislative branch, but he's also clearly part of the executive branch. So which is he? Uh, for he, this purpose, for because they can can't they say, well, we're subpoenaing you adds to your role then in the executive branch he has one role a tie breaking vote no, and also he's president he's pre he i know has the reading and certification I, that's true the, but that's not a electoral total. but that's not a legislative uh duty that's but, simply but it makes the, him part of the legislative i see I would, I, i'm not, I look, I'm not trying to argue no no you have you good arguments this is he, what lawyers would do this is exactly the kind of argument that's going to go in front of a judge what you and i just did couldn't they just pull that subpoena and then make it specific and then that way he Here's would have to answer it Here's the problem. No, they don't want to talk to him about anything having to do with his executive branch duties. They want to talk to him about the whole thing of certifying the election. Yeah, that's it. That's what they want to talk to him about. Um, the other thing, though, is this speech and debate clause does not say you can never do anything to any member of Congress. That's not what it says. It's fairly specific about uh, you can't. Like you can't arrest them when they're in the house, when they're on the floor or when they're going to and from a session and you can't do anything to them about anything, speech and debate when they're when they're on the floor and they're saying whatever they're saying. Yeah. How much litigation? the only place that you can question them about it is there during those discussions, okay. meaning you can't pull them out into the hallway to ask them about their thinking on a political issue. I'm not sure any of that applies. I don't think it does. To what they want to talk to him about. I don't think it does, but it doesn't matter. It hasn't been litigated, and we'll see which appeals court, which district court it goes in front of. And then you're going to give me a, you know, a handle. Uh, do they have a case? Over 41,000. That is the death toll now from the earthquake uh, in Turkey and Syria. But nine people. Nine survivors were pulled from the rubble in Turkey anyway. And honestly, after a week to have even nine, that's a lot. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I, that's a, that the word miracle really does apply. Uh, absolutely. It's, the, it's right. the highest death toll from an earthquake since the founding of the country. Yeah, well, it's and it's going to get far, far worse. Let's yeah. say just do one more story and then we'll take our break. Well, Brian Laundrie, the, the man who killed his girlfriend, Gabby Petito, and whose parents are being sued. Um, was was more of a mama's boy than we ever understood. The lawyers for the uh, Petito family say that there is a note that was found on Brian Laundry from his mom offering to help him bury Gabby Petito's body. See, 
So the mom and, it, and and the note said on it the envelope that had the letter in it from his mom said burn after reading, but he didn't burn it after reading. They found it on him when they found him dead. You know what's so it's weird just an about this is into the relationship with the parents who were who were you know and the parents are getting sued. To, Right. Yes. And, and the, the parents, parents getting sued. sued. So That's this is a this is a out. defense to that lawsuit saying, hey, you were part and parcel of, and look at this. So you clean hands kind of thing. You can't uh, you can't. No, I think it's, I think this is this is damning mm -hmm. evidence that uh, Brian Laundrie's parents totally tried to help him get right. Away with Absolutely. The Biden administration announced yesterday that Tesla was going to open its U.S. charging network to rivals. And this has been a thing. When Tesla first came out, if you remember, the Tesla charging stations only charged Teslas. That was it. And so a lot of the uh, infrastructure that we saw with electric vehicles was Tesla only. Now that is going to be expanded. And if I, I was thinking about this, the drive on I-5, if you're going from Southern California to Northern California, there are a couple of spots with a ton of Tesla charging stations. And I don't know if I could think of any other ones along the way. Yeah, how about so that? But now there, but, that if you have an electric vehicle, you're going to yeah. be able to charge well, up no matter it, what. Part of the system, part, not, right, not all of not the, the system. Not the whole thing. But. And uh, it's, it's a really interesting conflict here that they have. Uh, first of all, it's a great sale for uh, Tesla, you know, to say we're different because we have all, they're by far the biggest charging network. Right. Uh, and uh, you don't have to deal with the riffraff. These are exclusive to us. <laughs> okay, so now uh, you open them up. That means you can charge more people and all of a sudden the market sure. expands. You go to a, a Tesla supercharging station, which I have now that I have a Tesla uh, and boy, there's nobody there. I don't wait. There's always some extra space that may or probably won't happen again. So they charge, they make more money. Also, um, I don't know if they're being forced to do that. Uh, <clears throat> they're uh, uh, I think uh, that they're involved, uh, maybe getting a, uh, at this point, a subsidy from the government for doing that. I think they're, uh, they, they, nothing has actually been uh, uh, negotiated, or at least we don't know. So it, it's a mixed bag. Really quick question, and this is a sidebar. How long does it take to charge? Depends on whether it's a super uh, station or not. Okay, well, what's the difference? Uh, well, uh, a supercharging station, in probably half an hour, 45 minutes, you can pick up 35 maybe 50, 60 miles, maybe a little more. Okay. Uh, I keep on forgetting because I go to lunch and leave it there a couple times that I went. Uh, but uh, normal charging, for example, downstairs, I'm charging uh, my car right now. Uh, that takes five, six hours. For a whole charge? Well, close. I mean, for okay. a healthy amount. Okay. Uh, where in a supercharger, I can do that in half an hour. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, by the way, I'm all for uh, keeping it limited to Tesla. You know, I, 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 I like, I like fairness. I have no problem with that. But in this one instance, uh, I'm just fine with limiting it to uh, Tesla. Elitist. You know, they did that. They've already <laughs> doing this in Europe and Australia. They've been doing this for a couple of years, opening up their chargers to other brands. Yeah, by, so it's not. We're not. We're not. Yeah, vol I don't know, voluntarily or by law. No, no, voluntarily. Oh, interesting. All right, so it's a question of money then, obviously. Well, it makes some sense. It's another revenue stream. That's exactly, you charge, that's you exactly the all point. All EV owners, right. the, you know. And, and one, but one of the reasons that people buy Teslas is because they get exclusive use to the Tesla stations. So they're, uh, it's six of one, half a dozen the other. Controversy in Culver City, where the city council voted three to two to approve a no camping in the city ordinance. They do have a problem.
with homeless encampments. Um, now, activists, of course, are saying this is terrible and you're not helping people and all you're doing is criminalizing them just because they don't have a house. And the city is saying, well, the, the, the members of the city council who support it are saying, well, wait, first, we're not going to enforce it until we have built some other housing and also designated a legal camping area within the city. So nobody is going to find themselves without a place to pitch their tent. It's just that we're not going to let people do that anywhere they want. There'll be a designated area where you can do that. Yeah. And, and this raises some questions about uh, at what point is it is it uh, sufficiently humane as we try to control this problem of these encampments? And we don't want to be completely inhumane. We don't want to say, too bad, we don't care. We don't care about helping you. We're just going to come in and steal all your stuff and spray you down with hoses. Nobody wants that. Well, no? we don't want that. But most people, normal people, oh, don't okay. want that. Okay, so we, so we say, well, here's what we're going to do. We'll have a different area where you can. And at what point is it sufficiently humane that homeless activists should calm down and stop accusing everybody of being heartless. Well, because uh, first of all, the homeless advocates, uh, the answer is it's never humane enough under any circumstances. So that's a starter. And boy, there's a discussion. Tell me that's not a contentious issue among the pro-homeless advocates and those who put property uh, ownership, property values, commerce ahead of uh, the homeless people. It's right down the line. All right. The story that came out of the Bay Area where there was a guy from Pasadena who drove his Tesla off the cliff at Devil's Slide and the wife at the scene of this told first responders that he intentionally tried to kill us. Now, that same wife of this Pasadena doctor is asking that her husband not be prosecuted in the case. During the hearing, you had prosecutors ask the judge to issue a no-contact order to bar Patel from contacting his wife and kids, which was issued. But how does this work? Because it this looks like a domestic violence-type situation. This order has been issued, but the wife is saying no prosecution. But you're going to have the prosecutor say, hey, in a domestic violence case, that's very often what happens. The wife is afraid. So she's going to say, please don't prosecute. No, she has no then what? She has no say in that. The only thing she can do is not testify. She, That's it's it? Not, it's not her call. Okay. It's not her call. Yeah, just They just can't put her on the stand. That's all. Easy peasy. So sad. That's uh, yeah, really? Case. Yeah, I take a flyer off of uh, a hill and then uh, the wife goes, oh, no, that was fine with me. He just pretended he wanted to fly and take us with him. Uh, yeah, go figure that one out. You know how uh, if you got a COVID vaccine, you didn't have to pay for it. And if you wanted those at-home tests, you could get them for free. And uh, if you got sick with COVID and were prescribed Paxlovid or whatever, that you didn't have to pay for it. Well, all of that is ending because the national public health emergency is ending on May 11th. So after that, now it will be unclear whether you're going to have to pay for any of that stuff. If you're on Medicare or Medicaid, you probably won't have to pay anything. If you have private health insurance that is uh, compliant with the Affordable Care Act, you probably won't have to pay for the vaccine, certainly. But other people may find themselves faced with having to pay if there is another COVID vaccine. And at the same time that that's happening, 
the companies that make the vaccine are talking about jacking up the price for a dose of the vaccine. And the chief strategy officer for BioNTech was on some kind of a conference. I guess he was at a conference in person. And he said, oh, we see this as a big moneymaker for us. We see a double-digit billion-dollar market mm. opportunity now that it'll be private sector. And they're going to raise the dose to perhaps $110 a dose. Yeah. And now, when the government buys doses, they're buying them, of course, in, in you know, bulk, they, just yeah. bought, they bought 105 million doses. And you can get a discount for that. a dose. So when we buy it now, a private insurance company could be 110, as you said. Uh, Richardson said uh, it's more than justified from a health economics perspective. And I think he would say the same thing if you added a zero and it would be $1,100 a dose. He would say exactly the same thing. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a woman in Orange County just a week ago, actually, who went on this just rampage in a parking lot. She hit multiple cars, nearly hit some pedestrians, and then took off when cops tried to stop her. Eventually, she stopped on the freeway. That woman now has been charged with assault with a deadly weapon and 13 counts of vandalism, all felonies. On top of that, you're going to be surprised by this one. She was charged with driving under the influence. Mm, shocker, shocker. Yeah. Uh, if, you own, if you own a Kia. Ooh, uh, yeah, if you, you own a Kia, and this also, by the way, it does apply to uh, Hyundai's as well. The LAPD says be extra careful because your car is more at risk of being stolen. And this is because these cars have uh, a, a vulnerability that allow them to be hot-wired with uh, a USB cord and a screwdriver, as has been demonstrated on TikTok over and over again. So the car thief community knows all about it. Uh, It is a vulnerability that other brands don't apparently have. And those two companies are working on fixes and updates so that it won't be possible to do it anymore. But in the meantime, Kia, very vulnerable to car theft because it's easier to steal one the easy answer, the relatively affordable answer is something like the club. An old school yeah, mechanical, right. the car cannot be driven, period, option. Yeah. You Indeed. know, too, later this month, I was talking to Rich Tamiro about this. Hyundai and Kia are going to offer the software update. And there's, I guess, up until now, if you wanted this software update, this one's going to be released for free later. They were charging you yeah, 170 yeah. bucks mm-hmm. if hey, you wanted this software update. Yeah, it, by the way, if you put like seeds on top of your Kia, doesn't it sprout and grow? Uh, You're thinking of the Kia. Kia. Oh, God, I get so confused with this stuff. It is. They're very close. Right. <laughs> All right, there is a bill that's been proposed in California that would prohibit the use of canines to either arrest somebody or to try and arrest them as any form of crowd control. So there's an assembly member who says that the use of canines is a big part of America's history of violence against black individuals and people of color. So to stop this would mark a turning point. Oh, stop it. Come on, stop it. You know, at what point, uh, you know, co- police uh, dogs, first of all, if you're chasing, chasing someone who uh, is uh, the, the community is at risk and you go you go chasing him and you find people because dogs can do that. So let's take away more and more police powers. And by the way, if this is historically uh, used, uh, 
against people of color as everything else the police have done historically. You extrapolate this, no more police. Because uh, the police in and of themselves, the whole force was historically uh, anti-minority, anti-black. How about looking at it in terms of recently? Have they changed? Is there training? Is there a different way of approaching it? And trying to figure out without, I mean, this is literally throwing out the baby with the bathwater in it to a magnitude. Well, we could switch over to robots. Oh, no, they don't want robots either. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Oh, boy. I can't wait till a few years from now when various police departments and sheriff's offices in California hold press conferences to announce the seizure of huge amounts of contraband, but it won't be drugs. It will be metallic balloons Woo. like mylar balloons because we are phasing them out by 2028 we will start phasing out sales of these balloons now the reason is because they are a risk for wildfires and power outages. oh yeah have you ever contact power lines right they put the two power lines together and they short have you ever seen one of those you yeah. talk about entertainment with a capital e <laughs> which is why i release them all the time because just the the sparks that fly granted a few thousand people are without power for a few hours but that's a small price to pay to look at this the fireworks of it is fantastic so by 2031 those metallic balloons will be illegal contraband oh. in the state of california see i think there's some uh cities that also make it that already make it illegal because they all i mean they actually can put entire areas uh, without yes. power they short out entire areas yeah they're boy it, but you really have to have those metallic balloons because they look so good well they are better than the other ones yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. Just, just small say. price to pay that you don't have power no uh, kids allowed at a restaurant in new jersey no love it <laughs> Love it. I love this story. Yeah. So nobody under 10 because noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, right. and the liability of kids running around the restaurant are the reasons why Nettie's House of Spaghetti in Tinton Falls, New Good Jersey, for them. says no kids under 10. I love that idea because there's nothing more obnoxious than kids at dinner screaming. Uh, you know, there are plenty of family places. Go to Chuck E. Cheese's, go wherever the hell you want to go. The one that, well, you know, there's certain areas that, I mean, you have no choice. Someone, you know, some screaming kid on an, air, on an airplane, what are you going to do? Well, you tell the, the parents, you should have left them at the terminal. This is such a pain <laughs> that, you know, uh, but I love this idea. I mean, who doesn't? It is ironic that the restaurant that is banning children under 10 has a name that sounds like a kid's nursery rhyme. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Good point. But kudos to Nettie's House of Spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll probably finish on this one. There's a woman in Poland who already had seven children and just gave birth successfully to five more uh, quintuplets yeah. born prematurely, but they're in the incubators and they're going to be okay. Yeah. So seven plus five is 12. She now has 12 kids, five oh of whom are all the same That's age. That's a nightmare. And, and we don't know if this was, I, we don't know if this was IVF and if they put in way too many embryos. And then we start with, uh, how many Polish uh, Polish oh, mothers no. does it take to have five kids? Oh, now. Uh, hey, the- All uh, right, we're done. Kids? Oh, all right. Oh, sorry about that. We are finished. <laughs> all right. Coming up, Diane Feinstein, out of politics. And I'll talk a little bit about her moments and her career. It's a, it is an extraordinary political life. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 